0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Live Immediately podcast with Mike Campbell and thank you so much for listening. This is where I have conversations with people who are living life on their own terms. We dive into those big moments that have pushed them through the fears and self-limiting beliefs that hold so many of us back. Now, personal debt gradually tightens its grip around us, slowly building up and weighing us down emotionally. Well, this is exactly what happened to my guest today, Alicia Piper. It didn't happen overnight, but she accumulated $15,000 in credit card and personal loans. A large amount of money, but an amount that is so easily achievable. In this episode, Alicia describes how personal debt isn't a topic that we generally talk about as there's so much shame attached to it. And she hopes that by talking about her debt and how she overcame it, she can help and encourage other people to do the same and free themselves from the emotional roller coaster that personal debt delivers. Alicia talks about how she decluttered her finances first and then decluttered her stuff. She gives tips about when to declutter and how to start and we discuss the notion of why women tend to be more affected by clutter than men. Stuff and money go hand in hand. If you're holding one, you're genuinely holding less of the other. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Alicia Piper. Hi, Alicia. How are you?
1: Hey, Mike. I'm really well. How are you?
0: I'm very well indeed. Very well indeed. And whereabouts in this beautiful world do I find you today?
1: I am in Bribie Island, Queensland, Australia. It is a beautiful part of the world. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are out. And yes, I'm very happy to be here.
0: <laughs> so, so, so Bribie Island, I've actually never been there. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: Well, it's a pretty uh, chilled place, um, so my parents actually live here and I recently relocated here after living in Melbourne. I was um, in Melbourne for a couple of years and yeah, I've sort of had a big sea change in my life literally because now I'm living on an island yeah um, yeah, but it's a it's a it's a beautiful part of the world and it's pretty chilled and slow paced so yeah
0: suiting so my lifestyle is it like up on there on the Sunshine Coast, or is it lower?
1: Um, so it's about forty-five minutes from Brisbane. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not too far out of Brizzy, but um, yeah, you have to get there over a bridge
0: <laughs> oh, so there, there is a bridge to it,
1: yes, yeah, yeah. we don't have to paddle a canoe or anything <laughs> like
0: that. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. I've obviously heard of Brabie Island, but i've you know i've never never been there and didn't really know where it was, so happy days it sounds yeah. when, when we were kind of chatting before the podcast here for a little bit, I was like, Where are you? I can hear these beautiful birds in the background. <laughs>
1: It's a beautiful, yeah, it's really nice to wake up to, you know, bird sounds and things like that. So, yeah. yes
0: most definitely, but you also run the website Minimize to Maximize, and you have this saying that I absolutely love, which is minimize your stuff, maximize your life, and, and I, yes. <laughs> I so agree with that in, in every, every part of my soul, but I guess your story really starts when you were doing the opposite. You were maximizing mm-hmm. your stuff and potentially minimizing your life, so I was wondering if we could kind of start there because I feel that that is a path that is so commonly walked by many of us by maximizing our stuff and minimizing our life. So maybe totally. yeah, if, we, if we start there, so take me back and, and describe how life was when you were maximizing your stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so my my journey to minimalism um, started at, I mean, a lot of people would start with the decluttering side of things, like the physical decluttering, but I actually came to minimal, minimalism by decluttering my finances. So... It was the end of 2012 and I was in a huge amount of um, credit card and personal loan debt. So I had about almost $15,000 that I owed and at the time I had no job, um, no assets and no savings. So it was a pretty dire (laughs) financial situation to be in. Um, And I think, you know, what brought me to that point was, and I think this is something that's really important to point out to everyone is that I wasn't necessarily a shopaholic, okay? So I wouldn't, you know, be spending every single weekend, you know, just like stuffing my wardrobe full of things and and everything. And the debt is something, but I overspent consistently on stuff that I didn't need. And over a long period of time, that really added up to this really – horrendous situation that I found myself in. And I'm pointing that out because I think that people get – find themselves in the same situation for that reason. Mm. So they think, well, I'm not going out, you know, necessarily – Treating myself to retail therapy every weekend or what have you, so I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But that's not actually the case in a lot of um, in a lot of situations, it's, and that was
0: it's that certainly it's the that slowness. It just kind of exactly. creeps up on you, and then all of a sudden, you're like, where did this fifteen thousand come from?
1: Exactly, exactly. And I was, you know, definitely buying stuff that I didn't need. Um, and so when I finally pulled my head out of the sand I mean we all get to that point where we you know hit a wall and just go something has to change and it has to change like right now and I'm the kind of person that when I do something I just go all into it so I was feeling I mean not only was I feeling overwhelmed but I was really embarrassed as well um, and really ashamed of the situation that I'd gotten myself into because people don't really talk about well, at that point I felt like people didn't really talk about this kind of stuff, you know, yeah. um, and so no one knew. No one knew that I was, you know, really drowning financially um, and basically I was like, right, right, I've just got to change and the first thing that I could do was stop buying stuff. So I didn't just stop, you know, buying, you know, the occasional thing I'm like from now until I pay this debt off. I'm not buying anything that I don't need. So that was a huge (laughs) mindset shift. Um, And I began, you know, like I really got into sort of um, reading personal finance blogs. Um, I started following an American um, guy called Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. And he, I don't know if you've heard of him, Mike. but
0: Most definitely.
1: Yes. (laughs) He changed my life, like hands down just reading his stuff. And I didn't even – I haven't even taken any of his courses or anything. It was just all his free content. He's so generous with sharing, you know, and inspiring people to get debt-free. And I finally found this community, like, connected with a community of other people doing the same thing. And I even wrote – I began to blog, write an anonymous blog about getting out of debt. Um, And I did that, you know, anonymously because I wasn't really ready to share my story, you know, with people I knew. But it's something that I talk about now because, like, I hope to inspire other people, you know, that if you if you feel like you're drowning and there's no way out, well, there is a way out and it's freaking hard work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, like, an easy thing, you know. Like, it takes time to mm. get this debt and it takes a lot more time to get rid of it, but it is so possible. And doing that changed my life because mm. it not only changed my approach to finances, but it it brought me to minimalism. So I didn't know that it was even a lifestyle at that point. I just knew that I had to stop buying heaps of stuff I didn't need. So,
0: so, so let's, let's unpack some of the stuff that you've, you've been talking about there. And one thing that you you mentioned was you said it was time to kind of pull your head out of the sand. And mm. so, so was there a, a, like a period where, you 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 started you know you were saying that the debt slowly crept up but was there this period mm. where you 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 realised that there was something wrong but you still had your head in the sand and and what was it that that kind of got you to that point where you might have known about this for a month or however long mm. but what was that point that you're like okay enough is enough I need to kind of I need to kind of make some mm. changes now
1: sure so um, it definitely, so the the ironic thing was I was quite good, well, I, I am good at saving money. So part of the reason that um, it took so long for me to get to this position of, you know, financial distress was the fact that I could save a lot of, I love to travel. So I would save money to go travelling. So I would have a bank account that kind of was, you know, outweighing the debt, like it didn't look so bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you look at your screen, you're like, okay, yep, yeah, well, that's okay, that's okay. But then once that money had gone, um, suddenly there was just almost $15,000 oh. worth of debt. Um, so it was almost like I was kind of tricking myself mm. into, <laughs> you know, thinking that it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. We, we, we call
0: that creative financing. <laughs>
1: exactly. Creative financing slash having your head in the sand. (laughs) So I just got to that point at the end of two thousand twelve where all there was, like you know, the balance sheet wasn't really balancing at all. It was just like um, you know, a whole like fifteen thousand, almost fifteen thousand dollars worth of debt. So it just, it was just one day that I just was just like, I can't live like this anymore because. I can't, you know, it was affecting everything. I felt so anxious. I couldn't sleep properly, um, and especially, as I said, not really being able to share it with anyone. Like in terms of being able to share what I was going through. Um, so it's a really interesting yeah, point
0: there. Like what, you know, you, you speak about those emotions, and you also you spoke about shame before, and 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 having that you know, it's challenging to kind of talk about our struggles and, and whether it be mm. a, a money struggle or, or, or other struggles because, mm. and I think sometimes around money, there's no one else to blame except ourselves. Exactly. So that's where a lot of that shame kind of falls falls exactly. into. Exactly. Because if you go to talk to someone like, listen, I'm having some money problems, the people are just going to turn around, well, you spent too much.
1: Well, exactly. And you know what? If that, if that's an excellent point, Mike. And that was the point, that I got to because I'm like, you got yourself into this and it's it's completely your fault and you need to get out of it and you're the only person that's going to get you out of it. So I think having that ownership and just facing that really kind of brutal reality that you've really made some yeah. bad decisions with your money um, is really the start of forging a new path because until you have that, you um, that mindset change, nothing is actually going to change. I mean, I could have, you know, you could win $50,000 and pay back your debt, but unless you've actually changed your mindset and changed the way you spend money and how you use money, you're going to end back up in that debt, you know what I mean? So I think the real lesson was that for me Um, and it's certainly something that stayed with me, you know, four years almost so yeah yeah but you,
0: but you talk about mind shift there and and you know changing that outlook on on how you see money and I know for me you know that change in mindset when I wanted to kind of live more with less it wasn't mm. something that that happened overnight and, no and and it's a it's kind of a bit of a a, a a progressive battle I guess is, mm, is maybe a way mm, but did, mm. did you have any struggles with changing the way that you you look at things and changing your habits
1: um look at first it was really hard because um you just feel like you're depriving yourself which you know and going back to the whole ownership thing it's like well no you're not depriving yourself <laughs> yeah. this is what you should have been doing all along um so you know for the first Oh, I don't know. it took me about 14 months to pay off the debt so probably for the first 6 months I was feeling like sorry for myself and oh I can't you know um go and do this or get that and um but then slowly as the debt began to come off mm. and I felt like this weight lifting off me it, it just became easier to say no um because I was getting this huge, you know, um, amazing result from Mm. it and seeing those numbers tick down. So it just became easier to say no, easier to say no. And, yeah, and, like, it's not an overnight process, like you say, but I think when you're seeing the results and you're freeing yourself from something that has been such a burden, um, it's really... Mm incentivizes you to keep going you know
0: yeah it's so true like you get to that point where in a sense the 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 good outweighs the bad and you you kind of push through and then you're like you've you're getting all of this good and you realize yourself hold on I've I've just lived nine months or a year or 14 months in your case without such and such you know I probably don't really need it
1: exactly and that was Mike that was exactly the point that I got to I was just like Wow, why did I have all this crap in the first place? <laughs> because I don't actually need half of this stuff that I thought I did, um, and and it was a, and if it's given me so much more freedom, then why don't I just continue down this path? And that was basically how I discovered minimalism as a like as a. Um, as a lifestyle that people actually chose because up until that point all I was trying to do was pay off debt. I wasn't really you know actively pursuing life with less beyond you know the time that I could pay off this debt, but as we just said the mindset change over that time blah blah blah. So then when I realised that minimalism was actually a lifestyle choice, I thought this is so for me and I loved it and I loved the concept of it and the idea. And now that I was, you know, free of, of all that debt, I started um, embracing it in terms of, you know, decluttering the stuff that I did mm-hmm. own and and begin down the path, you know, in that in that
0: sense. So And when we you know, you, you talk about that $15,000 debt and, you know, it's, it's a big number, but it's, it's not huge. It's something that I guess many people listening are like, yeah, I've got something similar to that. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what were the things that, the, that you were kind of, you know, cause you said that you didn't go out and do these big shopping um mm-hmm. you know weekends or anything like that what were some of the things you know looking back at it that just kept kind of creeping in and 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 extending that that weekly or monthly budget past mm. its means mm.
1: so and i I'm, I'm sure a lot of women out there can relate to this um I was obsessed with like beauty products, um, and you know I could literally not walk into Priceline without <laughs> without walking out with like 150 dollars worth of stuff. And you know I would always be buying new things for my hair or makeup or beauty treatments. Um, so those kind of things really added up. I I brought um, a, a lot of sort of really uh, like disposable kind of fashion as well, Mm -hmm. Um, so sort of low-value purchase stuff. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, you know, I'm wearing a Target top at the moment. Like, I I don't have anything uh, against, you know, being frugal with your clothing, but I would just be – I was quite wasteful with it, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And then there were things like magazines, like all these little things that sound so small um, that ultimately – are what really add up. And I also said less, uh, sorry, I said yes to a lot of things that I couldn't necessarily afford to do. So, um, you know, if there was a big weekend away or something like that and, you know, I would still go. And, yes, that's that's buying an experience and it's not stuff. But at the end of the day, if you can't afford to do it, <laughs> you can't afford yeah. to do it and you, you need to be able to say no to yourself. So I' which, which to... is a
0: hard thing because sometimes with that you're you're not just saying no to yourself, you're kind of saying no to your friends, like, hey, exactly. I'm in this position where I, I just can't afford that. And and exactly. it's not always an easy conversation to have.
1: No, and I think at the start I was quite um <clears throat> I didn't really talk about it that much. But then I just became again, I think when the momentum began to build and I, I began to see the, the change that I was making, I, I did become more vocal and I was like, actually guys, I'd love to, but I'm on a budget this week and probably for the next year, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to be able to. And it doesn't, and I, 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 I did become quite vocal about, um, you know, paying off debt. I, I began to say, look, I'm actually trying to pay off a lot of debt. So it was slowly. And, and how, how did your friends you know, take that?
0: Like how did, how did, how oh, did that great. all play like,
1: out? Super supportive. I mean, I have an awesome bunch of friends. I like to surround myself with only the best people. <laughs> um, so you know, my friends were super supportive, and I think you know, having being open about my own situation meant that not you know that necessarily other people were in debt, but it meant that it could open up a bit of a conversation mm-hmm. about money, you know, and 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 sort of being able to talk a bit more openly about that as well. Um, it's fun- know, it's funny
0: it- when we do that, like you, you, you know, you break through that, that courage barrier and you start telling people about certain things. It's amazing how mm. many people go, ah, oh, me too. And like, whether that's, yes. whether that's about debt or struggling to have babies or whatever it is, yes. you know, whatever kind of has a, a bit of a, um, a, it, whichever is a bit of a taboo topic.
1: Yes, totally. And that's why I really enjoy talking about it now because I feel like, you know, a lot of people would connect with my situation because, you know, like you say, $15,000, it's a lot, but it's it's a lot when you don't have a job and you've got no savings or assets and um, but it's not – I think there's a lot of Australians that would be carrying kind of similar between – I think the average credit card debt in Australia is about $7,000. Wow. Um, but, you know, so I feel like, yeah, my story is pretty relatable. Um, and if it means being able to open up you know, that conversation more or, you know, inspire someone to begin to take action, then that's awesome. And that's what I, you know, why I love to share it.
0: And you also touched on earlier about decluttering. So you kind of went through this process of wanting to pay back the debt, kind of through that process, realizing, hey, you know, I'm living without stuff. You you stumble upon minimalism, you you gravitated towards that. And you, you then start to really reassess all of the other things in your life um mm. and you go through a, a little bit of a, a decuddling decuddling <laughs> <laughs> you should never decuddle you, you need to have more never, cuddles never. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you declutter some of the some of your items in your house what what did that process look like and what were some of those like where did you start because i know that's often the question that people ask me is like, Mike, I, I, I listen to you, but you know, where do I start? Like how do, how do I get the ball rolling?
1: (laughs) Sure. So, well, it's interesting because the way I started and the way I recommend people to start are different now. Um, so as I said before, when I go into something, I just do it like 150% and, (laughs) Becoming a minimalist was, was no different and I literally decluttered de- probably about 80% of my belongings in a really short space of time um, and I didn't go in with – I didn't know about – I mean, like we were saying, you sort of – begin to you know find communities online when you become interested in something and you realize wow there's a whole world of people out yeah. there doing <laughs> this you know um but i had no idea about all the things i know about now in terms of decluttering and strategies and all that so oh, i just went hard and and declut like i think i just started you know in the bedroom and then made my way around the house and at the time um i was uh living with my my ex Boyfriend who was not a and, and not, decluttered not interested. As well, did <laughs> no, I went about that the whole wrong way. And now when I coach people, I basically tell them to do the opposite of what I did, um, which is, you know, do not push your, um, you know, your newfound philosophies mm-hmm. or beliefs in stuff and decluttering onto someone else because it's a really personal journey and you can't just demand that people – get rid of their things. Um, we're so emotionally connected to our stuff that um, you can't expect everyone to react the same as you. So I sort of caused some problems during that process. But um, but for me personally, I just made my way around the house basically. But now um, when I, you know, coach my clients and students, I let them know if they're feeling really like if you are feeling so ridiculously overwhelmed, like it is just way, way, way too much. Honestly, I tell people to start with the rubbish in their homes. So, if you, it's great to be able to declutter by category. For anyone who is familiar with the old KonMari method, um, and if you're feeling really, really overwhelmed, just starting with rubbish um, as a category, because I think there's a lot of clutter, like things like cardboard boxes, you know half-empty containers, things like that, um, because there's no emotional attachment to those things, you know. We should be able to get rid of those pretty easily and and simply. Um, and beyond that, if you're feeling overwhelmed but, you've, you know, rubbish-free, to start in the bathroom because it's a small, generally the, one of the smaller areas in the home. And, again, there's usually not a lot of highly sentimental items in the bathroom so always leave sentimental items to last because they're a roadblock Um, and yeah by starting in the bathroom you see you know change pretty quickly it's all about that momentum and Mm. seeing change so yes I I recommend starting in the bathroom for anyone who's like
0: I don't know what to do. (laughs) But you you, you talk (laughs) you you spoke about there of um, you know coaching and helping people and you you also created a course the the minimalist boot camp and um you know this is where you you help overwhelmed women get out from under the clutter by introducing a more minimalist approach to their home and lives yeah, which yeah. which sounds like super exciting and and it's it's really interesting because i would say a, a lot of the the listeners to this podcast or definitely the people that kind of reach out to me are are mothers um yes but can you just give me a little bit of of an overview of what that boot camp is?
1: Yeah, so um the boot camp is really a combination of the the practical side of decluttering, so that really kind of instructional as I just said, you know, starting in the bathroom like giving that really instructional guidance on decluttering your home, but also with the introduction of um, you know the concepts around minimalist living what that could mean for you in your home just introducing my students to what a minimalist lifestyle is and how it could look for them because minimalism is different for everyone and there is no you know right or wrong way to do it and I think sometimes people a put-off because I think, oh, I have to live, you know, in a house with white walls and one chair and wear grey for the rest of my life and that's (laughs) not what minimalism is. It's an amazing tool to be able to simplify your home and your life to the point that you feel comfortable and not deprived. So it's really the course of the 30-day program and I have, you know, a private Facebook group where we can all share about our journey because I think that's so important. Um, and it's really combining that the practical side with a more sort of exploration side as well um, into into what minimalism is and how it can help in your home and your life. And I've had amazing feedback. I'm really proud of the program as well, and I'm really proud of my students because I can really see that it's impacting people's lives. And that's you know what I'm what I'm here for.
0: <laughs> oh no, it sounds great. And no, we'll definitely have all links. Um to the bootcamp in the show notes at live immediately.com. But from the people that you've, you've spoken to and you helped and, and the students that have, that have gone through the course, you know, where do you think people struggle the most when it comes to clutter in their homes and lives?
1: Definitely with sentimental items. Um, that's a huge roadblock and it's something that sentimental items and partners or loved ones being resistant to decluttering, I think a lot of people struggle with um, something that I've been thinking about recently is, and I'm not saying that this is true. I'm just sort of putting it out. I've been putting it out there as a question to myself is why women seem to be more affected by clutter than men do mm. um, in terms of sort of the emotional or the, the anxiety that clutter, clutter brings. Like the majority of my readers and my students are women and, um, and yeah, I've just found it interesting to kind of ponder that question that it seems that women feel a lot more or clutter creates a lot more anxiety mm-hmm. and has a bigger emotional effect in, on the way like a household runs day
0: to day. Yeah, It's an, it's an interesting um, one, you know, like, if you, you know, you're putting that question out there and, and again... Um, I'm just going off the top of my thoughts here and not being a woman. I don't know whether I can answer the question, but I, <laughs> I, I find like women over the years. And when I say years, I'm talking, you know, evolution have always been the nesters, you know, always been looking mm-hmm. after the home and, you know, at the end of the day, women are the the backbone of the family and all this kind of thing. And, and, and we're being very stereotypical here. And I, I definitely don't want to generalize, but, is is it st- is it like in their nature to kind of make sure that that everything that the ship is sailing s- safely and everyone's happy and and the clutter just kind of creates that mess and and I find too especially when you've got young kids and if if you're at home mm. and, 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 and in our family it's it's 100% shared um if not I I kind of take on the role more of the the nester here in our household mm. um mm. But you know a lot of women are the ones who are at home looking after the kids and and kids themselves bring this depth <laughs> of clutter and craziness it's, uh, but it's a really it 's a really interesting question because I think too that um I definitely know a lot of males and male friends that are kind of going down a path of, of living more with less. Um, Mm. But sometimes their reasoning behind it is very different to females. And it's, it's interesting because I think, I think, I think it's a really, um, it's an interesting question because I, I, I do agree with it as well.
1: And that's what you just said about, there's definitely a whole lot of men who pursue minimalism, but, um, yeah, I, I sometimes feel like that the 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 purposes or, or the reasons behind it may be different. Mm. Um so it's re- yeah, it's just a really interesting question and I just something that I've been thinking about recently when I, you know, been thinking about um, you know, content, creating content and you know, obviously the people that I'm helping have turned out to be a lot of overwhelmed, you know, women or mums. Um yeah, so I just I find it I find
0: it interesting yeah no I do too I think that you know I think that maybe with males and again I'm generalizing here there's a there's a freedom attached potentially to minimalism there's this you know I don't I don't need so much so I can kind of freedom to, to do mm. whatever and free to roam where and- where, where I, I can only really talk about my wife here and I probably shouldn't even put words into her mouth, but for her it, 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 it's a lot to do with the anxiety, but then that anxiety, it's more about other people. So it's like that mm. anxiety is an internal mm. thing, but mm. if, if, her anxiety, if, if she has her anxiety manageable, then she's a better mother. Do you know what I mean? Mm, it's, it's someone, mm, yes. it's, um, someone else yep. before her. So pretty much women are just really caring and they care about other people and men are selfish. is pretty much <laughs> <laughs> Sum <Summed> that up. <laughs> but, um, but before we go here, Alicia, I, I just want to um, ask you a question. And it is a question that I ask all of my guests on the podcast. And that's if you could please describe your perfect day.
1: My perfect day, okay. My perfect day would definitely involve a run. I love running. Um coffee, <laughs> a really good coffee. I love coffee. Um generally something to do with creating, like whether it be writing or creating, just creation. I love I love to make things um, online. <laughs> And, yeah, I always start my day with a prayer and some journaling, so that's a really important part of my day. Um, but I think my perfect day is pretty simple, you know, and I like that because it's quite, um, you know, easy to achieve. But if we're talking about if I could just do anything perfect day, it would definitely be to travel somewhere because I, I love travelling and I think um, – Spain is somewhere w- that I would like to go. So if I could just have a perfect day, you know, and transcend time and space, it <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> would be to uh, be drinking wine and eating tapas in Spain. Yes. So a, a, a day
0: of doing nothing in Spain. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. But Alicia, I just want to thank you so much for your time and, and your journey and, and like being open about it, which I, I know you've you've passed that hurdle now, but hopefully your openness is is, is allowing that conversation to spread and, and, you know, in turn help a lot of people. Um, but if people do want to reach out to you and learn a little bit more about you, what's the best way for them to do that?
1: Um, so you can find me at Minimize to Maximize, so wwwminimize dot and I'm also on Facebook um, as Minimalist Lifestyle Design. So, yeah, come hang out. I would love to hear from you and help you get uncluttered.
0: <laughs> Happy days. Well, I will make sure that all, of that all of those links are in the show notes at liveimmediately.com along with everything that we've spoken about. But is there anything that I have forgotten about or anything that you want to say before we, we head our separate ways?
1: No, just thanks so much for having me, Mike. It's been such a pleasure and I love love sharing my story. Thank you.
0: You are more than welcome. And thanks again for coming on, Alicia. And thank you, everybody, for listening. And until next time, have fun and live immediately.
1: Thanks, Mike.